Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I don't know. I don't like calling people Zoomers. Um, let's call them I guests. Is I guests okay for you guys? <laughs> yes, they're nodding away. That's good. Right. So, good morning, everybody here in the flesh. Good morning to our I guests. Um, some people find that quite funny. <laughs> Actually, what about just saying to Martin? What a blessing it is to to sit there and look around and see so many people that um, I, would, I would call brothers and sisters in Christ, um, some closer friends than others, but nevertheless, um, there's a unity there. Yeah. Amen. And I stop and think there are, there are people out there who do not know anyone. Um, so I thank the Lord for all of you, and you should thank the Lord for me. <laughs> <laughs> Rejoice as I myself. Yeah, we do, Andy. But in all seriousness, if we can just bow our heads and pray, um, and just let's remind ourselves we are before the Lord at all times. Dear Father, we we come before you, Lord, as part of your body, Lord, as part of the worldwide church, Lord. And Lord, as I've already said, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I thank you that everybody is so different, Lord. You create everybody so uniquely different. And yet, Lord, because of your Holy Spirit dwelling within us, because of what Jesus Christ did for us, Lord, we love one another in Christ, Lord. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we pray, Lord, now um, as we are gathered here, as we are gathered together at home, um, I'm mindful, Lord, that no blessing is greater just because you are in one location than if you are in the other. Um, So, Lord, you are the Lord God of heaven and earth, and it is before you that we stand and before your throne that we stand, Lord. So be with us, Lord, and be May your heart be pleased, Lord, by the, the meditation of our lips, Lord, and the words of our mouths, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, just before I hand over to our, our worship leader, she's hiding at the moment behind her mask. Um, I don't know, how many of you have heard through the grapevine, through other people, that, um, that Muslims are coming to, to know Christ because Christ has visited them personally. How many of you have heard instances about that? Well, like, like, uh, like yourselves, um, and very often these people are, are, live in countries which are closed off to the gospel, uh, physically, so to speak, in terms of people going in there. And anybody trying to go in there and preach the gospel would do it um, at pain of, of losing their life. Um, so I've, I've heard these stories and I've always been encouraged. And then I was sitting in our car once, so we've got two or three praise channels pre-programmed in. And I started listening to, um, uh, to an account by a doctor. Um, and he basically goes around and, and um, provides medical support in, in the, a lot of these, uh, these countries. Um, and he started, he wrote, he decided to write a book um, with... It's, guy called Tom Doyle, and he's written it with Greg, Greg Webster, 
of um, <coughs> for verified accounts of people who have been Muslims. Christ has visited them um, mostly at night time when they've been asleep or come into their bedrooms and how they've accepted Christ. And, um, and I've read probably one chapter and I've tears come to my eyes because of it. Um, so I, I just want to read um, one sh short extract just to give you a flavor. And this person lives in Mecca. Um, she's part of what's known as the Al-Maturi um, clan or tribe, who, who were an, an ancient Bedouin tribe. And um, her name is Fatima. Um, and the reason Fatima is, is a very popular name for women um, in the Muslim world. And it's because um, Fatima was the, was the fourth daughter of Muhammad. Um, and so, and, the, and Fatima was the daughter of, of Muhammad, was an ardent supporter of her father. And when her father died, she basically died of a broken heart. And so the name Fatima and everything, her character, her strength of character is, um, <coughs> is renowned throughout the Muslim world. So this woman, she's from the Al-Maturi tribe. Her name's Fatima and, and, um, and with all the weight that that carries. And so if this was in terms of Judaism, she'd be from um, you know, the Pharisee of Pharisees. So that's the type of person, type of family she's from. Anyway, uh, she somehow over the internet, um, secretly um, in Mecca, she found Christ. And, um, and with the, the passion and the zeal that she had for Islam, that was now expressed um, in her love for Christ. And her fellowship, her only fellowship was I fellowship, um, but it was secret fellowship. Um, and as she was out one day, her brother, her brother found, or he must have gone searching for it. I, we don't know what he is. He found a computer and he challenged her when she, when she got home. And they said, tell us, are you um, a follower of Issy, Jesus? And she said, yes, yes, I am. At which point they locked her in, in her bedroom, decided what they were going to do to her. Um, and in that short period of time, this is what she wrote. Mm. What woman? This is part of what she wrote. Be content to leave us alone to be be uh, believers in Jesus. Leave us to live in grace until our time comes. My tears are on my cheek and oh, the heart is sad for those who became Christians how you are so cruel. And the Messiah says, blessed are the persecuted. And we, for the sake of Christ, all things bear. What is it to you that we are infidels? She's now classed herself um, as an infidel. She's gone from Islam to the follower of Christ, and she now calls herself an infidel. Enough, your, sir, your, your swords do not concern me, nor evil, nor disgrace. Your threats do not trouble me, and we are not afraid. And by God, I am unto death a Christian. Verily, I cry for what passed, of, what passed by of a sad life. I was far from the Lord Jesus for many years. O history, recalled and bear witness. O witnesses, we are Christians. In the path of Christ we tread. Take from me this word and note it well. You see, Jesus is my Lord. 
and he is the best of protectors. I advise you to pity yourself, to clap your hands in mourning, see your ugly hatred look. Where is the humanity, the love, where are you? As to my last words, I pray to the Lord of the worlds, Jesus is the Messiah, the light of clear guidance, that he changes notions and sets the scales of justice aright, and that he spread love among you, O Muslims. At that point, she hit send, her brother walked in, exacted, basically around. Um, I won't tell what else he did to her, but he, he dragged her outside and she left the planet. She would love to have done this. Um, her only fellowship was on, uh, was on the computer. So, Lord, I want to thank you for Fatima. We shall meet her one day, Lord. And I thank you for her heart and her passion, Lord. And, Father, that we might have just a small sprinkling of that, Lord. We bless you and thank you. Lord, I pray, receive our praises now. In Jesus' name, amen. So, over to you. We often say to each other, uh, people say to me, I couldn't imagine my life if I hadn't become a Christian, if I hadn't found Jesus, if I didn't know God was with me, if I didn't know and understand about the Christian faith. Um, you know, people say to me, I don't know how I'd survive. And I think, oh, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know how I'd survive either. But also, how would I survive if I was a Christian without all of us together, without being able to come and praise God? together without being able to meet without being able to listen to one another hear one another's insights uh encourage one another how honestly it's so, we, we take it for granted so much what a blessing to be long to jesus but also to belong to his people isn't it wonderful it is wonderful yeah so thank you dear lord thank you that we are here today together uh thank you and lord as we come now to give you our praise our thanks and our worship lord we won't be able to sing what a shame but lord we can sing with our hearts we can speak with our hearts we can think with our minds uh, we can agree with the words that come up on the screen and uh, we can even maybe hum <laughs> Lord, we're here to give you the glory because this is all you. You thought of it all. You planned it all before the beginning of time. And you, Lord, have brought us into your kingdom. Wow. Us. Thank you, Lord. So, we thank you and we're going to praise God now uh, by singing our first uh, song that we all know well, Crown Him With Many Crowns. <laughs> We're not singing. No, we're not. Yeah. In, our <laughs> okay. hearts. in our hearts. We can stand. We, we can, can clap. Stand. We, yeah, we can clap. That's right. We can even raise our arms. So, um, I just what's come into my mind is um, Beatitudes because of that, the story that Andy uh, told us. And this is what Jesus said. He said, Blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. <coughs> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Honestly, what amazing words that Jesus spoke. How amazing is that? So if anyone has anyone think to share or a verse to share of praise to God or a thought to share, just let's have a moment of quiet while we come together. Just speak out and uh, we'll all say amen. Amen. Lord God, yesterday we were asked to imagine a world without you. Um, and Joe said a world without the Sermon on the Mount. Um, yes. Lord, a world, can you imagine being in this world now without you? Father, just so blessed that you chose to have a relationship with us and to continue that relationship day after day, hour after hour. Father, thank you that you work so hard to draw us to you. Yes. All the time. Yes. Amen. 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 Um, the link that Martin put to Nicky Gumbel, ATB, um, encouraging talks for the next house of pay or spirit or mind, whatever the next six months. And um, Nicky talked on uh, Jeremiah 29 11 more. And just like to thank you for that, that verse, those verses, um, because the plans that you have for us to prosper us and to give us a future have not changed because of this COVID. It's still the same. Your plans for us are, are unchanged by this. Thank you. This is just an obstacle. It's not in the way so that we know. Lord, thank you Lord, for those verses, Jeremiah. Thank you, Lord, that um, you have amazing plans for us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Yes, amen. So let's praise God now with that song we know. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Let's praise his name from our hearts. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, leave it there. We'll sing two more at the end. Okay, just before I ask um, Justin to come up, there's a question for you. Is it okay to worship the Lord in the bathroom? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Seems quite commonplace to us, doesn't it? Um, I've got a prayer stuck in the bathroom. We've got a prayer stuck in the bathroom. 
Well, this was this was one secret that um, one of the one female convert to Islam, she confessed to to somebody online. Is it okay to praise God in the bathroom? Because <laughs> she, you know, they, the Quran they lift it up high and, and all that, and she thought it was um, disrespectful. And of course it is. I hope so. <laughs> Off to over to you, my friend. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, I should not be masked. Right. Now, ordinarily, I would be doing this for the digital uh, for our family time. But I grew up in an era where we had flannel graphs. Uh, Everybody remember <laughs> flannel graphs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that? Something? A flannel graph is a sticky bit of material where you have Bible characters cut out of felt. And some people sit there and stick them on and say, this is the Bible story. Now, I remember... Sunday school's doing this. The biggest thing I remember is not the stories, but is the characters suddenly starting to peel off <laughs> on the back end and falling on the floor. Um, very much you've had my upbringing in churches, going to a mis uh, midweek missionary Bible study meeting where the missionaries clicking through their slides. Remember that? And every so often you'll have a camel which is upside down with their feet in the air because <laughs> yeah. the slide's the wrong way about. <laughs> Where am I going with this? Well, I could not find a flannel graph. They are very difficult to find. Those of you who watch uh, or have kids and have watched the What's in the Bible series will understand this. There's a character in there called the Sunday School Lady, and she's what you expect with a grey curly hair, and she has a magic flannel graph which comes and tells the Bible stories. Well, I've gone old school. You ready? Yeah. My flannel graph. <laughs> this is Israel and Judah at the time of Elijah. Last week, we were here at my Mount Carmel. Yeah. Yeah. Remember last week's story? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody nod if you haven't yeah. seen it. It went out on the email this week. It's on the YouTube channel. Go watch Emily's very hand, well done handcraft cartoon. So we're at Mount Carmel. Um, we were, I think I'm right, at Sarapeth for Richie's talk, which is up here. So Elijah, who we've been talking about, worked around this area. Now, my family time got a little bit told at the end of Emily's, not by Emily, but by sharing with the next couple of verses. And it's only a few verses, but we need to take it in context. So I'm going to take you back to the beginning of 1 Kings 17. And at this time, the king was really horrible. And Elijah came along and provided the weather forecast. So here's the map. And he said, dear king, I have a forecast for you. For the next few years, it is going to be hot and sunny. So hot and sunny, there's going to be no rain. Because you're not doing what God wants. Now, then, over these next couple of chapters, we get the stories we have just done over the last couple of weeks. Because no rain 
means a drought, means no crops, means the widow at Sarapeth was starving and Elijah came to her aid. Means the prophets of Baal were doing all sorts of weird things to try and make it rain. Hence the standoff at Mount Carmel, which is where we come to today's four verses. So at the end of the standoff, and all the prophets of Baal have met their grisly end, which is how that part of the story ends. Elijah says to the king, now, you know what? I think you need to go do something. Now, if you're like me, I'll be sitting there thinking, what, lay on your face, repent, run around and say, sorry, God, I'm going to make amends, you know, tear down all the statues to Baal and all that sort of stuff. No, Elijah says, you need to go have a really, really good meal and refresh yourself because I have another forecast coming. So we should get rid of the sun. So the king went and did that. And Elijah said to his servant, you go up on the mountain and I need you to look out for something. I want you to look out. Now, this is not to scale. <laughs> for a cloud. When you see the cloud, it's going to be the size of a fist. See? Not quite to scale. But it gives the and the servant was like, all right, I'll go to get sit on the mountain. I'll go sit on the mountain. What's up? What's up, buddy? <laughs> And Elijah was like, and I'm going to pray. And he started praying. And he called out to his servant, can you see anything? No, not yet. Can you see anything? No, not yet. Can you see anything? No, it's sunny. Seven times this happened. On the seventh time of asking, a cloud had appeared on the horizon. And Elijah sent a message to the king saying, I think you now need to get out of here. Because I have another weather forecast. And that one was a storm is coming. Now, you could have imagined the king sit there and say, Yeah, right. It's still sunny. There's no rain clouds. But after what they just witnessed on the mountain with all his prophets, he did as he was told. And he started on his journey away from the mountain. That little cloud became big clouds, became dark clouds, became storm clouds, became rain clouds. And the last verse of this story in Kings tells us this, that Elijah and his servant decided they were going to leave the mountain and started running. And they overtook the king who was traveling down the mountain. Now, another amazing story from this prophet of God. Now, when we were looking at the family times when Sue sent them out, you know, this is a story of 
many things. You could say that this is a story that actually sets up two chapters beforehand with that river forecast. There's going to be no way <coughs> for the next few years unless you mend your ways. Didn't mend their ways, hence the showdown. And then the power of God coming and actually saying, now there'll be way. But we have also tied this to a verse in James, and it's in James 5, um, 16 to 18, which is where Elijah and the story is actually mentioned. And it says this, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no way would fall, none fell. For the next three and a half years, three and a half years spanned by two chapters of the Bible. Then when he prayed for rain, down it poured. The grass turned green and the crops began to grow. The key in this story is how Elijah was obedient to what God asked him to do and prayed and didn't stop. Seven times praying for rain to come and six times it not coming. Then on the seventh time, how many times do we pray for something which... When it doesn't happen, we get past time two or three, we think, really? Can I go do something else now? Can I pray about something else now? Elijah didn't, and rain came, and God blessed the land. So the challenge I feel for us in this bit of family time, and kids, this is also really pertinent to learn this really, really early. Sometimes when we pray, things don't happen straight away. We have to persevere in prayer. And sometimes even then things don't happen or what we perhaps expect to happen doesn't happen. But the principle is to persevere. God hears our prayers and does not leave them unanswered. Amen. I'm going to leave you with that thought for family time. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Okay, just before we ask Alex to come up, um, we've got... Uh, many of you will know, sorry, let's take this off. Many of you know we've got um, Alpha Books in. Um, it's going to be an online version. Um, that is on uh, Wednesday, the 7th of November, 745. Um, 4th, 4th, 4th of November. Sorry, 7th of no November is uh, another appointment I've got. <laughs> I'll just say this, this is the appointment. This is the appointment I turned up for one month early. <laughs> Oh dear, it's really it's playing on me. Okay, Wednesday the 4th of November, 7.45, online alpha. Um, Sue has already sent out a lot of, um, done a lot of, <coughs> I guess, via Facebook. Some Somebody who's already signed up for it. it. This may be the ideal opportunity for those that you know who maybe wouldn't necessarily come to a physical location, but would be happy to get online and sit in the comfort of their own home or with you um, and just go through the alpha. So, Alex, would you like to come up? Thank you. Just sort my visor hair out. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. There's a little bit around. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, um, There's no microphone, is there? So I'll speak out as loudly as I can. Um, I don't get to an interview today, so I can say what I like. You can say what you like. That didn't stop you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about lockdown. But lockdown, not as we know it. So, yes. Back in March, we were stuck at home for a brief while. Um, but comparatively, we had quite a lot of 
freedom and liberty. Um, so I want to talk to you about a group of people who, <coughs> since March, have been um, spending at least 23 hours a day in a enclosed and enclosed space, usually with someone else that they haven't chosen to share that space with. Um, and they are still doing that. Um, and they're getting half an hour, maybe an hour of daylight exercise, fresh air, things that we take for granted. Um, those of you who know me and know my heart for this area know what I'm talking about. These are the residents of HMP Lewis. Um, and they have imposed that very strict lockdown um, to contain the coronavirus. And it has been really effective um, because there are very few cases um, within the prisons across the country. But it has a cost um, and a side effect, which is, as for all of us, the well-being um, and the, the kind of psychological effect on these men. So what helps us when we're feeling down? Well, it's our loved ones, isn't it? It's our family. Um, even when we were locked down, we were able to see those that we love. Um, these guys don't get to go to chapel, to church. They don't even get to do it on Zoom. Um, so, you know, they're not allowed to go out to work. But... And they weren't allowed to have any visits, no legal visits, no social visits, no family visits, up until I think it's only been since the beginning of September, so it's very recent. Um, so I'd like you to picture a scenario. It's going to take some imagination, but let's say Rich was a resident at HMP Lewis. <laughs> oh no, Jeanette doesn't take much imagination, he's there. And I have the opportunity to go and visit my husband with my two children, age four and seven. And we're in a scenario not dissimilar from this. Um, so the children wouldn't be as close as they are now, they're with me. And I say, you can look at daddy, you can talk to daddy, don't touch him, there's no hugs, and you can't bring any toys in with you, and we're gonna be there for two hours. I think as a mother, and this is what a lot of, of families have decided, I probably wouldn't take up the offer because it's too difficult, it's too tense. Um, I think there's a, a chap I know who works with families um, of people who are resident at Lewis, and he said only 10 families so far have actually gone in to see, to fight, you know, there's 500 men in there. So why am I telling you all this? Um, one, of the volunteer, one of the voluntary organisations that I volunteer for is Prison Fellowship, which is a Christian charity, and I'm a member of a prayer group um, that specifically prays for Lewis, and there are prayer groups like that across the country, and they run a nationwide scheme once a year, and it's called Angel Tree. And it's run at Christmas, um, in the lead up to Christmas. And it gives an opportunity for men or women who are imprisoned to give a present to their child or children at Christmas. Very simple. I'm your dad. I love you. Here's a gift. So um, Prison Fellowship fund the scheme and they do the uh, logistics around it which in COVID is very difficult. So it's usually quite a fun time of year where the volunteers get together and, you know, they go and buy the presents, they have wrapping parties. None of that can happen. It's actually quite an isolated, lonely volunteer role this, this year. Um, and then there's all the logistics that about who can touch what and how long it has to be quarantined before it's delivered and all that. But they're doing it and they're offering the chance to um, men and women to take up this opportunity. The other challenge they've had is funding. Um, as I talk of Lewis, you might think, well, we're in Eastbourne, so it's a bit remote. Um, we are in the catchment area for Lewis, and um, I know of a man who's due to be released quite soon. He's been referred 
um, to the bridge, which you know is the halfway house run by Kingdom Way Trust, who run the night shelter. So if he meets the criteria when he's released, he will have a home. So it is still close to our home. Um, and what a lot of churches do around Lewis this time of year is they give their weekly collection or a month's worth of their collection to support Angel Tree. But so many churches are not meeting. So Angel Tree is struggling for funding. So I'm up here for two reasons. One reason is to ask you to pray. Please do pray for those families. Um, these, these are broken relationships already, um, already, and they're under more strain because of COVID. So pray for that, pray for the Angel Tree scheme. Uh, these children are innocent people caught up in a messy scene. They don't deserve to be punished for it. So it's an opportunity just to say, you're my child and I love you. Um, if, as I've been talking, you've been stirred to think, I'd quite like to donate towards this. It doesn't have to be a significant donation because just one gift can make a big difference to one child. Do have a chat to me or email me or text me. There's no obligation. I'm up here very aware that there are so many causes out there and so many people asking for money. Um, while I'm here, Martin said I could also just briefly let you know what's happening on the other side of volunteering that I do, which is restorative justice. Um, again, so restorative justice is all about people, it's all about connection, it's all about relationship, it's all about meeting up, and ideally, um, when you have an offender and a victim who are coming into communication, you would end that process with what we call a conference, but that's a face-to-face -face meeting between an offender and a victim. That is really, really difficult to pull off during COVID. You know, the risks are high already. Um, so it's, it's tricky, but I've got two cases running at the moment, and I'm just about to come into um, a key week for one of my cases where a man who burgled a home of a lady who's in her 80s. He has put himself forward for it. He is writing this lady a letter. Um, we've met with him a couple of times already and we're going to collect that letter from him at Ford Prison on Friday so that we can deliver it in person to the victim. And I want to tell you about the victim. I'm gonna meet her actually for the first time tomorrow morning. So she's in her 80s, she lives on her own. She's very vulnerable. Um, when we approached her about restorative justice, those around her, her neighbours, her friends said, don't touch this, he's scum, have nothing to do with him. But this victim, this lady said, I'm a Christian and I'm not going to listen to you and I'm going to go ahead with this. So, um, yeah, praise God that, that that's her motivation. Um, so tomorrow morning, I'm meeting her at nine in the morning. If you're praying in the morning, I'd really welcome your prayers for her. It's very daunting to kind of dig up the memory um, and for us. Um, so the last thing I wanted to leave you with, um, thinking just back to Angel Tree, and it's a statistic I heard a while ago and it's really stayed with me, um, that a 15-year-old child nowadays is more likely to wake up with their, in a house with their own smartphone than wake up in a house where their own father is living with them. Um, so I shall leave you there. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. I mean, I, I can actually say that Alex is very good at facilitating those types of meetings. I've seen her work and um, she is good at it. Um, so please pray. Okay, um, children, it's time for you to go out. Um, there is, um, Tigger is here. I don't know if anybody really wants to hold him. You can do, he's been a bit lonely recently, come on.
And then you can bring your um, offerings for um, the children to move over. Oh, who are you? <laughs> I'm really confused now, thank you. Okay, but bring your offerings and go out to your groups. So, would you pray for the children? Yes. Dear Lord, uh, we know that you love children. Uh, we know this, and we know in our own hearts how much we love them. So, dear Father, we pray a blessing now on each one and also on those that are leading them and uh, teaching them. Thank you for them, Lord, and we pray a great blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Okay, um, there is a collection, but we won't be sending that round um, as we did last time. We'll leave it by the door. Um, if you feel you need to give some money, please do and just put it in the uh, put it in the basket. Thank you. Right, I'd like to take uh, what else we got here? Just, uh, just wait for the children to go out, and then um, we have one thing to do before Martin comes and, and brings the Lord's word. I have visited um, Lewis a couple of times as a police officer. By the grace of God, I didn't go there as a, a guest. <laughs> um, Okay, um, now that the children have gone, some uh, relatively sad news, um, although there is some hope in it. Uh, Leslie Hillier, our, our brother in Christ, um, has decided that he, he needs to move on and see if he can find out what the Lord has got for him. Um, Penny um, will remain with us for the time being, but he has given us a letter he'd like to read out to the congregation. Um, and I'm just going to do that now. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I have been and will continue to pray for the revival that I believe is just around the corner of the Living Stones, even if we do not know how far ahead that corner might be. But I have come to a place of conviction that it is not for me to be part of that future and that the Lord would have me eventually worship elsewhere. Being part of Livingstones has blessed me in so many ways over the last decade or so, through the elders, leaders, and the whole fellowship. This is a personal invitation now. You all know where I am and how to reach me, so I hope that friendships will not come to an end um, as I respond to what I believe is the Lord's leading me. I believe is, is the Lord leading me to do. I appreciate your ongoing prayers as I find his way ahead for me. Penny does not share my conviction, and at this time she will continue to be part of Living Stones. He asks that, please pray for us both, as neither of us find it easy to believe that the Lord would have us worship, fellowship, and be discipled in different places. Um, those of you who know Leslie, he is a man of conviction, um, integrity, um, and so, you know, if he's, he has, we haven't parted company on bad terms, he, he just genuinely feels the time has come for him to move on, and he doesn't know what the Lord has got for him at the moment. So he and Penny would value your prayers, um, and as they say there, um, and COVID allowing, you're welcome to go and, and, and visit them and continue friendships as, as always. Just going to pray for Martin before he comes up. Dear Lord, we, we thank you for your word, Father. Uh, we thank you that it is how we get to know you and by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, without your word, 
I would have drifted, wandered, um, made up my own Christianity when I first came to you, Lord. But it is your word, Lord, that has been like an anchor. It is your word that has been like a signpost. It has been your word that has inspired me, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you for Martin. I thank you for all of those, Lord, who spend time in your word, Lord, as miners digging for gold. And sometimes they come up and say, look at what I have found. Um, and for others, um, they are like those who bless us regularly. So our hearts um, remain fired up, Lord. So, Lord, be with Martin, Lord, as he brings your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Andy. I know Jeffrey and Margaret, their minds would have been going to... Uh, the, the top of Mount Carmel as they were listening to Justin's talk and uh, Sue and I had the privilege of visiting the church that is actually uh, built right, it says he went to the top, Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel and then put his face between his knees and prayed. Well, this church is built on the top of Mount Carmel and so it's just amazing to actually worship in the same place where Elijah prayed that prayer. Um, and interestingly, um, you can't see the sea from that point. It's, it's actually going and seeing a place. So you kind of like, oh, I get it. You know, you always got this picture that he's praying and looking over the sea. But he's not. Actually, that's why he had to send his servants probably another a mile or two further that way. It's just the way the geography of Mount Carmel goes to, before you can actually get a sight of the sea. So uh, it just a little interesting um, aside there. I, I, th I think the, um, the stories that we've heard this morning about Fatima and uh, the guys banged up for 23 hours a day in Lewis. Uh, put what I'm gonna share in a little bit of context actually, but I just trust that God will uh, speak to us uh, this morning. Um, in many passages in the New Testament, many passages in the New Testament tell us about persecution. Sue mentioned, blessed are the persecuted. For they shall be, so you see the kingdom of God. Um, and many passages in the New Testament tell us to expect trouble and suffering in this world. I mean, it's almost on every page of the New Testament. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Peter said, do not be surprised at the painful trial that you are suffering. As though something strange were happening to you and there are many more such passages but have you noticed that if you look more closely at those passages the vast majority of them are talking about persecution and opposition from those who would oppose us and we know across the world and we've just heard the the story of Fatima millions literally millions of our brothers and sisters in Christ 
are enduring persecution for Christ's sake. Even today, what it's like being a Christian in China at the moment, it's becoming increasingly hostile. And we are always called to remember them and pray for them. There are several Christian ministries out there that keep us informed about their plight, even though the mainstream media may not report that. Now, what about us? For us? Although the pressure is mounting in our country, and I think probably we would all agree we are feeling increasingly an opposition to Christianity in our society, I think we'd be hard-pressed to say we are experiencing the same level of suffering that our brothers and sisters across the world uh, are going through and that the New Testament seems to be talking about. Nevertheless, we all do experience the everyday trials of life. Life, just life let alone persecution, life can be hard and things go wrong. Financial troubles, sickness, anxiety, difficult relationships, family problems, and so much more are all around us. Life sucks sometimes. And uh, someone once said, life is the prison sentence for the crime of being born. <laughs> now, of course, there are many, many joys and blessings in this life. And we are commanded always to have an attitude of gratitude in this life. The psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. But in those passages in the New Testament about suffering, are there any that address the ordinary, everyday troubles and experiences of our life? And the answer is yes, and notably two. And we're going to look at them today. So if you'd like to turn with me, and there are Bibles there if you didn't bring your Bible with you. In Romans 8, so we're going to look at Romans 8, and we're also going to look at one, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read the two passages. Uh, Two, two passages from those two chapters. Romans 8, and then you might want to have your finger in 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. So this is the Romans one first. I consider, this is Paul writing, I consider that our present sufferings... Sorry. We're starting at verse 18. Starting at verse 18. For I consider, says Paul, verse 18, that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 
For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. And obviously, immediately, you, you know, Paul is referencing back to Genesis chapter 3, the fall and the curse. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? And brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We, we, we wait for it with a, a sense of in, enduring patience. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And then we, if you'd like to turn into uh, 2 Corinthians, I said ch chapter 5, actually, we're just going to begin in chapter 4 and verse 16. And you'll, you'll see some parallels between what we've just read in Romans with what we're going to read in Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, I say that again, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. 
For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Now, did you notice some of the common factors? I said there are links that build those two passages together. Paul, first of all, is talking about the troubles that are just part of life. This bondage to decay in Romans and the earthly tent that is to be destroyed in Corinthians. He's describing just living in a fallen world. It's a world that God did not originally, originally intend, but it's one that God is using to his good purposes. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose, this time of groaning and struggling, God has fashioned us for this very purpose. Okay, and did you notice in, uh, in Romans, it says, the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. It's interesting. The struggles and the troubles of this life are part of God's purpose that he is working out. Secondly, Paul says that if we could only comprehend the glory of the age, the new eternal age to come, the sufferings of this life by comparison are light and momentary. You see, what is seen so it seems so big, doesn't it? Our, our troubles in this life, when we look at them, seem so big. But Paul is saying, but just compare them with something much bigger, and you'll see that actually, relatively speaking, they're small. Thirdly, in the midst of it all, as we are going through it, however, we do groan. Do you groan? Do you wake up in the morning sometimes with a groan in your heart? <laughs> Ooh, aches. <laughs> or maybe problems or ooh, responsibilities. Oh, I could, you know, and the weekend is still such a long way off. <laughs> interestingly we are not the only ones who groan we're groaning with creation and we're also well we'll come to it for number four the holy spirit has been given to us did you see that in romans it says in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness okay in uh, 
Corinthians, it says, God has given us, has given us the spirit as a deposit. We've not, we're not left on our own. When Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, he talked about it as the, the paraclete, which is a Greek word, which means the one who's called alongside. So as we're going through this stuff, he's alongside. And um, we'll, we'll touch on that in, in a moment as well. Now, as I read Romans 8 recently, I was struck by something I'd not considered before. And we'll find it in verse 22. Verse 22 of Romans 8 says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. Right up to the present time. And Paul goes on to say, and we ourselves groan inwardly. Okay. The groaning pains of someone in childbirth. Not other types of pain or groanings, but childbirth groanings. Now, I am very grateful that I can almost see it from here, that our children were born in the mid-70s when the labour ward in St Mary's, that Sue will remember, <laughs> was then a husband-free zone. <laughs> I really cannot understand all you modern husbands who want to be present at the birth of your children. <laughs> we don't want to be, we have no option. <laughs> um, I mean, our first Simon uh, was, was, one, was, a, was a gruesome process. Poor Sue, but it was forceps and stitches and all of that. Oh, I'm just glad I wasn't there. <laughs> Anyway, mothers, I want to ask you to tell us now, because these are the groans of the pains of childhood. I don't know what they're about. So can you tell us? Come on, tell us. What is Paul talking about? Paul didn't know either. I mean, <laughs> tell us about... Well, there's a program on TV that's very popular, isn't there? And, and you can just watch that one. It's something the midwife, call the midwife. And so you hear the groans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's it like to experience it? There's no other I know we, we've, got, we've got midwives in our midst, and uh, would-be midwives in our midst. <laughs> and there's no other pain quite like it. There's no other pain quite like it. Would you say you know you're aiming for something. Yes, isn't yeah. it interesting? I just want to get this over with. Yes, I just want to get this over with. Sorry, Laura. So, Penny again and then Laura. No, I've just said that was with Jess. Well, <laughs> that was Jess. <laughs> you didn't want to get Jess over with, you just wanted the experience over with. That's right. <laughs> Laura. I was thinking about it as soon as you see the baby. 
Now, is that true? Because no. <laughs> <laughs> there's a verse in the Bible somewhere. I was trying to find it, and I couldn't, you know, about how the mother forgets the pain when the child is born. And, and I kind of like, and I asked Sue that. I said, but did you forget? And I, and I think you... You don't forget, but it doesn't hurt anymore. No. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the process is finished. Yeah, it really doesn't put you off having more children. No, it does But you don't, I don't. No, yes, it's interesting. I, I can't imagine what it's like to go for nine months knowing that's what's that's what it's building up to. I just think grief. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our our, um, our first two. Uh, grandchildren were born by cesarean section, but um, uh, Sarah uh, really, really was into this home birth thing, and she and and actually she and she prepared for it and was given a lot of help. I mean, I, we've talked to Claire about this as well, and actually her her second two were, were really, um, really, you know, she, I don't think she actually said I enjoyed it, but I mean it was it was a, a much easier experience. So it can be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there's big nods from our midwife over there. <laughs> Do you want to say add anything, Claire? Um, this thing about the thing about forgetting women in that moment are absorbed in what they've got. Mm -hmm. there, there are occasions where they can't. They are looking at them, but on the whole, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. it's, just it's just that moment. That moment, that wonder moment, yeah. Is there a rush of, is there a, a good rush of good hormones? Yes. yes. Ah, yeah. interesting. So God, God's provided something of, to, to, yes, yes. Yeah, the bonding thing. It's a hormone of bonding. So when you eat, when you meet people, that's released in all. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. How interesting. Two hundred times stronger Yeah, it's interesting, and, and somehow you, yeah, yeah, new creature. Yes, uh, just for the sake of those on Zoom who may not be hearing us, um, what Alex is saying is, is what it's not building up to the pain; it's leading up to what comes beyond that, and that's 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 what keeps you going, presumably. It's the joy beyond the cross. The joy beyond the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, labour lasts one day, but bringing up your child lasts a long time. Labour lasts a day, but bringing up a child is a long time. Yeah, yeah. And 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 obviously, labour is you know for I mean, okay. Uh, how long did your labour last for? You, you know, if you've had one or more children, what was your longest labour? Has anyone gone over 50 hours? Not me. I mean, I know people do go over 50. Anyone here? Anyone? Okay, what's, what's the record in the, in the room? Anyone over 30 hours? Oh, Zoe was ages. Zoe was from Friday to o'clock to Wednesday. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. So she was, oh, bad hair in London. Can anyone top that? That's just... <laughs> bad hair in London, that was really bad. She should oh. have had a cesarean time, oh, wow. but she didn't. 
Yeah. Doing all the nurses when I'm still here. <laughs> okay, from Friday till Wednesday. Wow. Anyone have a really short one? You know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Here are some of the things, as a total outsider, I've reflected on. <laughs> um, once labour starts, there's no way back. You can't, you can't say, oh, can, can I stop this? <laughs> the pains of childbirth are inevitable and unstoppable. There's, and let's yeah. we need to, to just bring ourselves to a place of reckoning. I there's no way back to a golden age or a golden utopia or a happy time. You know, you may remember the happy times, the past times. Oh, I wish I could go back to my childhood, or you know, yeah. whatever, or, or or not as the case may be. But you may look back to a happy time in your life. No, the only way is forward. Only way is forward. Uh, we, and we can't wish away those pains of, of, of childbirth that we all go through. I can't imagine what it's like to be pregnant, knowing that you have this certain pain ahead of you. In the same way, Paul, I think Paul is saying, come to terms with it. Don't fight it. It's not forever. Secondly, I began to reflect that the groans of childbirth are different from the other groans that I might have if I was ill, for example, or if someone was torturing me. Uh, provided all goes well, and, and the end is an amazing brand new life coming into the world. As Alex said, that's, that's the goal. That's what you're looking forward to. You're producing this something wonderful. And Paul is saying that your present suffering is not without purpose. And we can look forward to what he calls our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Or in Corinthians, he talks about the, the new, the new tabernacle that, that, that God is going to give us, the new, the new body. Um, and in the age to come, all our pain and trouble will be in the past. Isn't that amazing? We will look back. And it may well be you don't forget your labor. But you, the pain is no longer there. And that will be what it's like in glory. We may well look back and recall the struggles. But it won't carry the pain. And just as in labour, this is another thought I had, there are midwives to help and husbands hopefully to do it to encourage God has provided us with a midwife. He's the Holy Spirit. And he's just not, he's not some objective, dispassionate professional. Now, I know Claire won't be like this, but nevertheless, you've got to bring some a, a kind of a, an objective professionalism to the work that you're doing, don't you? When you help them. But the Holy Spirit's going through it with you. He groans. We talk about the incarnation. You think, think about the incarnation. God became flesh and lived amongst us. 
Well, you know, God is still becoming flesh and living amongst us because the Holy Spirit comes and lives in my flesh. He lives in your flesh. And he groans with us. And he intercedes for us. And one final thing. In 2 Corinthians, the imagery is not so much about the groans of labour pains, but the inevitability of ageing and the increasing troubles of a body that is wearing out. And here Paul says a wonderful thing. He says, however you feel about this process, as it happens to all of us, Paul says, we are being renewed inwardly day by day. We don't notice it, he says. It's unseen. I think what Paul is saying here when he talks about the seen and the unseen is you, the, the, the troubles are very much seen. <laughs> you notice them. You know they're there. But what, the most important thing is actually the stuff that we don't notice. We notice the grief. But that, he says, is temporary. What we don't notice is the eternal stuff. And Paul has already said in chapter 3 that we are being, we are in chapter 3 of, of 2 Corinthians, he says, we are being transformed into the likeness of Christ from one degree of glory to another. So today, at the end of today, you've got through today, remind yourself of this. Firstly, you are one day nearer the glory that is to come. Secondly, and, and, and when all this trouble will pale into insignificance, and secondly, just reckon this. Holy Spirit, thank you. You've been working in me today. I haven't noticed it. It's been unseen. But you know, today, one little bit more, I've become more like Christ because of what I've been going through. He has been groaning with you in the issues you faced and he's been doing something wonderful in you. At the end of today, you will be just one notch more like Christ. So in these days of coronavirus, let's be reminding ourselves of what God is doing in us all to his Amen. Amen. Martin, can I just share something? Yeah. Uh, my friend has just qualified as a doula, doula oh, which is a birth thing. And she, um, it's Emma Morton, and um, it's, it's more than that's Greek for women's servant. Yes, doula. And yes. She, yes. she gets doula, to, yes. yeah, she gets to know the, the, pregnant lady beforehand they're usually dif in difficult situations goes with her gets to know her is part of the birthing process and at home afterwards everything that the midwife used to be able to do yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now can't um, and people are training and there's a, a voluntary charity to wow. be one of the women's servants. Wow. And it brings that intimacy yeah, yeah, yeah. that the yeah. Holy Spirit yeah, like that. Yeah, was now is so yeah. lost in yeah. midwifery because of 
does everything. Yeah. She comes on, gets to know and goes to the whole thing yeah. and yeah. afterwards yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. How that's that's a lovely picture. Mm. Yeah. Let's just bow our heads. Let's take a moment of quiet. I'd like to pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much that you come to live and dwell in us, among us, but also in each one of us. Thank you that today you are working your unseen work in my life and in each of my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, that tomorrow when I wake up and it's, oh, Monday, you're with me. And you're still at work. And you are producing something in each one of us that is glorious and will one day be revealed as glorious when all the sons of the children of the children of God will be revealed for who they are before a watching world. So thank you, Lord. I just want to pray now for all of us. Lord, I pray for those present in this room, for those who are sharing with us in their homes, for those of our fellowship who are not able to be with us in either way this morning. Father in heaven, send your spirit upon us in greater measure. Fill our lives more and more. Equip us for all that you have for us. Help us to focus our hearts and minds on things that are above not on the things of this earth, even though we have to go through them. And thank you for your word, which encourages us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, yeah, two seconds. I just wanted to say um, thank you. Uh, it was. I, I don't know how you guys get through bad stuff, but I always remind myself everything comes to an end. Um, everything comes to an end. It's... Um, and I really ought to confess my sins about childbirth. When Vanessa had her first, our first one, I was there with her. And um, the nurse came in afterwards with, um, with tea and toast. I was so exhausted. I said, thank you very much. I said, it was for her, bless her. And I took her tea and toast. So, uh, so I'm not sure what help we are. But anyway. Let, let's worship the Lord together. <laughs> let's worship the Lord and bring our time to an end. Dear Lord, we bless you. We thank you for everything we've heard today, Lord. Lord, we do thank you, Father. We really thank you, Lord, that um, back in the garden when you said to Eve, um, but by childbearing you shall be saved. It's almost like a mystery, but yet, Lord, it was through women giving birth to children, to prophets, Lord, um, to, to those who brought messages, Lord, 
finally to Mary giving birth to Christ, that we are saved, Lord. We thank you, Father, even in judgment in the garden, Lord, you remembered mercy. And we bless you, Father, not only mercy, Lord, but you have poured grace upon grace upon us. So, Lord, be with us, Father, as we go our separate ways into this world, Lord, to do what you've called us to do, Father. Um, and be with us, Lord, by your, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Bless you.